Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for joining us tonight for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage and tonight we continue our conversation about creation week and we'll be discussing the final day, day number seven, starting the second chapter of Genesis. If you would like to join our conversation tonight, give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, did you get your nap in this afternoon before the program? <laughs> sure did. It was good. I even I even put an extra 12 minutes on to my nap. So I got my rest. You got your rest before in? we do this program on don't forget to rest. Don't so I remembered. I remembered to rest. Micah, how about yourself? You know, I don't always take a nap before the program, but I took a 20-minute cat nap as soon as we got to the studio yeah. here. I needed it, it today. It refreshes you pretty does. good, doesn't yeah, it? It gets you going. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know whether Ashok and Liz got rest. Well, got a nap today, but you look well-rested. So good to have you with us tonight, Thank Ashok you, and Liz. Thank you, Pastor. One of the most beautiful couples that I know. We met way back in, what? 1999. 1999. Wow. 23 years of Serving God together for 23 years, so... We're we're so thankful for you, and and we know we're planning a big trip. What's the big trip we're planning? Ah, we are going to Kentucky. What's in Kentucky? We have the Ark Encounter, and we have the Creation Museum. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I can see the excitement in the church as yeah. they all come to sign up for this. In two Sundays, the list is almost filled. Yeah, I know you're excited about that. So we're going to have a great time and. And we look forward to wonderful fellowship together. So we have been studying creation, and now we're on day seven where God finished his work. So we're going to read this passage in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And then Ashok is going to lead us out in prayer as we get into our program tonight. And we're sim- this is a simple message, program, conversation this evening. Dear friends, it's don't forget to rest. And we're going to talk about three aspects of our rest, our salvation rest in Jesus Christ, our worship rest, which is so very important, and then our heavenly rest in our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have any questions about the Sabbath day, about the importance of church, do we really need to go to church? Is How important is it for us to worship God in a public assembly? Or if you have any other questions about our day of rest, and the importance of spiritual rest in Christ or salvation, give us a call at 929-333-3739. That's the phone number, and you can also join our conversation at 929-333-3739. So let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Oh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Verse 2, And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, 
because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Okay. And verse 4, These are the generations of the heaven and of the earth that were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer as we ask God blessings on this reading and the hearing and the understanding of his word. Lord, we do give you thanks. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory tonight, O oh Father, as we sit here and we discuss your word, O oh Lord. We look into your word and we reach out to the world out there that's listening to us to, to listen and learn. Learn a little bit today, tonight. There's something tonight may be discussed that you don't know. Mm. Please give us a call so that we can answer your questions. And Lord, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for Pastor. We thank you for Micah. We thank you for my wife. We thank you for me being able to be here in this radio station to look at your word and to read and understand your word and discuss most of all your word as we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And so, of course, Sabbath means a cessation from work. So here is God himself resting. And it even says in Exodus that when he rested, he was refreshed. Mm -hmm. Now, God didn't obviously need to rest. The Lord does not slumber nor sleep. But he's our example. And it says the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And so God rested. He ceased from work. And then it says here, he sanctified. That's a big word. He set it apart. He made it holy. A holy day. It's like a, it's every, when you get vacation time on your job, do you take your vacation time? Yes, I do. <laughs> you, you don't always say, oh, no, I don't want my vacation time. You know what the, you know what the day of rest is in a way? It's a holiday. It's a, it's a, it's a vacation day every week. So take your day. Take your day of rest. And take that vacation. God separated it. He cut it off. He made it different. He elevated it above the other days. And he delighted in the beauty of his work. So let's tonight talk about the importance of rest. Don't forget to rest. Now, I know, Ashok and Liz, you guys work very hard. Sometimes too hard? No, I don't know about that. Maybe. But I, I've heard until recently that... You were even working two jobs, Ashok, and for a while you were working seven days, no rest. So how, how did that fly for you? How did it affect you? Uh, did it affect your health in any way, or what, what was that like? I, I like the word that you used there, Pastor, it's health. And, you know, you were talking, and you were talking about refreshing. And this working seven days a week is very unhealthy. There is mm. no time of refreshing you know, first we talk about health reasons. There is no rest for this physical body. This physical body needs rest, mm. right? And no time from the rest or the job causes, you know, physical e exhaustion. And with that saying, you know, not only physical exhaustion, but it also causes separation from the family. And why I say separation from the family? Mm -hmm. Because I have no time to spend with the family, yeah. right? I have no time whatsoever. Now I'm distancing myself from the family, right? You know, and again, working seven days a week, I don't even have the time to have a family dinner. I don't have time to have a family discussion. Neither do I have time for a family destination. And why I say destination, you know, go on a little road trip, go just drive out there, take a little drive, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But most importantly, Pastor, 
spiritual separation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Working seven days a week is spiritual separation. And why I say spiritual separation? Because Wednesday night we do have our prayer fellowship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, this is something that's dear to me, the prayer fellowship. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, throughout the years, whatever that is happening, I have this church body who is going to be with me and praying with me and praying for me at that point in time. Yeah. Well, you know, it's important that we work. Obviously, our bodies were made to work. Mm-hmm. We're, the, the body's a machine in that, in that sense. And so God said, work six days. But the body needs rest. Yes. And if you don't rest your body, it's going to catch up to you. And your work will not be effective or as efficient as it is if you actually had that day of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, there, there are times when Pastor, all of us have the craziest week, right? Where you yeah. really don't get that full day off. Um, and I and I just think that, you know, maybe one week, two weeks, you can kind of get away with it. But by the third or fourth week, you, everything starts to suffer. Your relationship starts to suffer. Your work starts to suffer. So, yeah, I think yeah. this biblical principle is absolutely applicable. And there's a story of two dog teams that were racing, you know, a, a, across the the snow in, in, in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And one man decided to rest his dogs one day mm-hmm. every seven days. And oh, the other okay. said, I'm just going to race them on through. So at the end of the first week, when the one man rested his dog team, the other man was ahead of him. Oh, but wow. by the end of the second week, when they didn't get any rest, that day of rest helped the dogs on the rested team to actually get ahead, and they, and they won. Oh, wow. you know, so there's a principle there as mm-hmm. well that you know, we were made to work, but we, when we were not made to work all the time. Mm-hmm. We do need our rest. So based on even what Ashok said in his answer, Liz, what about you, Liz? How did that affect you when Ashok was working those seven days? Well, for one, we the groceries suffered. We <laughs> had no time to buy anything so that we had no food in the house. Oh. And if I had to get something, I would have to walk to the supermarket, which is not very close. Mm-hmm. So little errands that needed to get done mm-hmm. were not done. Mm-hmm. And I really miss going to church on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. because, you know, to me it's a big deal for us to be in church together. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to go, I would go without him from work. But I mm-hmm. like being there with my husband. Yeah. So it did affect me in many ways, not being able to have a meal together, mm-hmm. as simple as that, or even cooking a meal together. Yeah. So yeah. in many ways. Yeah. So, and, and two, for those of you out there, some, some people feel like, I have to work. I have to work. I have to I have to pay those bills, you know. And so they just work and they work and they get one job, two jobs. Some people get even three jobs and they're working not just 7 days, but maybe they're even working double shifts some of those days and they they're going to make you know in 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 working that much, it's going to take a toll on a person's physical body, mm-hmm. on their spiritual body because they need that spiritual rest to worship God. They need the physical rest. And that's the way God has made us, right? Yeah. So here we are on the seventh day. Ashok, yeah. Did you want to add, add yeah, something? Yeah, just want to add one thing to that. You know, I, I, you, we talk about the seven days. We talk about some people need to have the money and things like that. Mm-hmm. But at that point in time, you're separating yourself from God in lieu of money. Is the money really that important? Because over the past couple of months since I no longer work seven days a week, two jobs, mm-hmm. right? We have learned to adapt. Mm. But you know what's the most important part of adapting? 
is that I am able now to be in church on a Wednesday night, mm. to be able to be there, to serve, to be part of the church body. And not only that, not only that, you know, the Bible also tells us that you cannot serve God and mammon. Mm. Mm-hmm. So my, right. my duty is to serve God. Yeah. God and if you have to live with a little bit less, then it's better that, to live with less. I mean, Proverbs even writes about that. You know, it's mm. better to eat a a dry morsel that's a chicken McNugget right we talked about that <laughs> better to eat a dry morsel than to have a filet mignon yes. at, at uh, Peter Luger's Steakhouse so uh, you know you might have to make those sacrifices go to McDonald's rather than Peter Luger's okay <laughs> oh boy that's a big that's a big that's a big choice all right well let's let's go further with this but I want to make one point in wrapping up the creation week where it says in verse 1 thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And so right there, God ceased creation. And that's a law of science. A lot of people think if you believe the Bible, you don't believe in science. But that's a law of science rooted right in the Scripture, that nothing is now being created or destroyed. And what's also scientific, dear friends, and as Christians, we do not deny science. Here's true science, that the present processes of nature that are at work right now, Mm -hmm. which are not processes of creation, but they're processes of energy conversion and conservation, that the present processes at work in the universe right now could never have caused the universe and the earth as we know it. There had to be creative processes, mm-hmm. right, to yeah. bring it about. Mm-hmm. Nothing is being created now. So where yeah. did it come from? You know, so science can't answer that. Yeah. And yet we're criticized for not believing science. We believe science. Yeah. And so for this world to come about, there had to be creative processes at work that are not at work now, dear friends. And that's exactly what the Bible teaches and I just so I'm so thankful that the Bible's clear that the heavens and the earth were finished. God finished his his work. So let's talk about salvation. First of all our salvation rest, second of all our worship rest, third of all our heavenly rest. And dear friends again, if you are not resting in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, if you would like to pray with someone, now's the time to call right now. Give us a call. Don't wait. If you have any doubts about your salvation or doubts regarding it, give us a call at 929-333-3739. Right, Micah? Yep. They need to call. And they need to visit our church. If you don't have a church out there, and we're going to talk more about it, yep. but we've got to be in a place of worship. Mm-hmm. And, Liz, you mentioned the importance of prayer meeting, the importance of being in church. Dear friends, if you don't have a Bible-believing church, hey, the mandates are being lifted. The vaccine passports are gone. Hallelujah. The masks are getting, are getting gone, you know. <laughs> Freedom is, is starting to, to rise up again. So come back out to church, dear friends, and we'd love to have you at Heritage Baptist Church. Why don't you tell everyone when and where? Yeah, so on Sunday mornings we meet at 11 o'clock for our main service. There's a 10 o'clock service before that for our Bible study. But um, the 11 o'clock service is at 490 Hudson Street. We meet in a public school. It's PS3. And we would definitely love to have you join us. And we do meet on Wednesday night. We've been talking about that tonight. It's a prayer meeting at our church office, which is 633 3rd Avenue on the 13th floor. It's 13E. So if you want to come to that prayer meeting, just let us know. Um, Otherwise, we could see you on Sunday. That's right. We'd love to have you, dear friends. And over the years, we've had many people 
In fact, Ashok came through our radio yes. indirectly because a good friend of yours, Suresh, so, mm-hmm. heard us on the radio, and then I met you guys through Suresh. So indirectly, you guys are here through our radio. So let's talk about salvation rest. Ashok, how does our rest on the seventh day remind us of our salvation rest that we have in Jesus Christ? Well, Pastor, you know, my answer to that would be God's rest on the seventh day reminds us that we rest now and forever in Christ every hour of every day. Amen. I mean, we can look at Matthew 11, verse 28 yeah. through 30, and we can see what it says. And, you know, I just read it here. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for Amen. I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. Verse 30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden and light. Jesus is our rest. Jesus is my rest. And I look to him to be in church, and at least on that Sunday morning, at least I have rest from everything else that's happening on the world outside there, mm-hmm. and resting in Jesus, in his arms for that part of the day. In other words, how many of our works are required for us to get into heaven? Mm-hmm. None. Zero. None. Zero. Right? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. He saved us. So, dear friend, to be saved, rest from your work and trust the work of Jesus. Yeah, Pastor, and this is really what separates Christianity from every other religion, because whether it's Islam or Buddhism or the New Age movement, each is based on the concept that man can reach God or reach a higher state of being through his own efforts. And I was talking to Ashok before the radio program began, and we were talking about Hinduism, which is one of the dominant religions where he's from in Trinidad. And an example is that you would have to live almost the perfect life in order to have good karma and be reincarnated to a higher level. Otherwise, you might come back as some lower life form like a fly or a bug, and then there's seven cycles of reincarnation Mm. until you're back. Now, we love Hindus, but we point out that this faith system, like all works-based religions, stands in contrast to biblical Christianity. Our relationship with Jesus and our rest in his salvation that we're talking about is based on the work that he finished on the cross, not our works. And the gospel tells us that Jesus knew in his final moments before death that he had accomplished everything. In fact, his last words before dying is, it is finished. And he was talking about that finished work that he did on the cross. Amen. Amen. Ashok? And and like, you know, Michael was talking about, and Pastor also was talking about that our works. It says, no work of yours or any kind can save me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Only his work. The work that Jesus did on that cross for me and you. That's right. Right? And you know, the question is, why did God rest on the seventh day? There has to be a reason why Mm. he rested on the seventh day. Right? Because his work was finished. I mean, that was part of what we read. His work was finished. You know, God sets that example for us so that we also will find our rest in Him. Amen. It's amazing. It's amazing, Pastor, that the first full day that Adam and Eve spent on planet Earth mm-hmm. was actually the day of rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was actually the day of rest. So even even they, Adam and he Eve, worked pretty hard on day six, I have yes. to say. But then he got to rest the next day. You know, what about day four when yeah. he created all the stars? No, and the no I'm talking about Adam. 
Oh, Adam. Adam, yeah. oh, Adam. Adam worked hard. Oh, that's right. He was created on day six, <laughs> and then he got to rest the next day. It's he, like, did, he did name all the animals. Yeah, we'll I know. That's what that. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Well, he like he did work pretty hard on day six, but yeah, and okay. then he got, yeah. All right. And of course, they rested together with him, right? Adam and Eve rested together with yeah. him. Amen. Right? They rested with his love. Walking with God in the garden. With yeah. his power. Absolutely, Pastor. And, you know, God imparting some of his wisdom into them. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when, I, when we think about salvation rest, look at it this way. Because we know what it says, like, in Ephesians 2. For by grace, grace. are you mm-hmm. saved through faith. So here's the question. How many works would need to be added to salvation that we would have to do so that it wouldn't be by grace. If we're saved by grace, what does that mean? How many works would need to be added to the list of things that I need to do in order to be saved so that it wouldn't be by grace? It's impossible. Yeah. If I put yeah. one what well, well, if I put one work in there, yeah. it's not by grace. It's not by grace. Yeah. So it would only take one work. If I say there was one thing mm-hmm. that I had to do in order to be saved, then it wouldn't be by grace. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul argues actually in Romans chapter 11 he says if it's by grace then it is no more works then he says otherwise grace is no more grace so if you add one work to it you're not saved by grace you're saved by works Mm -hmm. so for by grace is the total free unmerited favor of God where he freely gives his salvation to us let me just quote one other scripture because of course the ten commandments a lot of people have this idea right that well, I have to do my best to keep the Ten Commandments. And if my good works outweigh my bad, then I'll, I'll get in at the end. And, and nobody can know until we stand before God. That's the concept that a lot of people have. Dear friend, don't believe a lie. That's a lie. First of all, you don't get into heaven by your good outweighing your bad. Mm. You can only get into heaven if your bad is completely forgiven and you trust the full and free grace of Jesus Christ. You don't get into heaven by trying to keep the Ten Commandments. Here's the New Testament commandment. I'll give it to you. It's in First John chapter 3, and it's in verse number 23. This is his commandment, First John three twenty-three, that we should believe on the name of the Son of God, on his Son Jesus Christ, that we should believe on the name of his Son Jesus Christ, and love one another. That's his commandment. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. So, Micah, what do you think keeps people from then entering into this salvation rest in Jesus? And let's try to encourage anyone out there who's not saved to come to Christ tonight. Yeah. Well, the Bible tells us that it's unbelief that keeps us from entering the rest yeah. of Jesus Christ. In our men's Bible study group, Iron Sharpens Iron, we've been going through the book of Hebrews for a few months now. And as we went through chapters 3 and 4, it was amazing to see how the writer of Hebrews used the Israelites wandering in the wilderness as a cautionary tale for his readers regarding entering God's rest. So even though the children of Israel had heard the word of God, they had witnessed God's amazing miracles like crossing through the Red Sea on dry ground, they were hardened in unbelief. Mm. He called them a stiff-necked people. And as punishment, they were sentenced to 40 years circling the desert until their carcasses fell in death. So I'll just read Hebrews 3:18 and 19. It says, And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? 
So we see that we could not enter in because of unbelief. So the writer, he goes on to tell us that those who do believe, there's a link between the rest we receive in Christ and the rest of creation on day seven. So Hebrews 4, 4 links those two. He says, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on the wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. So if anyone out there is living a life with no peace, and no rest, if you feel like you're cycling in days one through six over and over and never getting to day seven, come to the Lord Jesus, believe in him, and receive his rest. Absolutely. Come to Jesus Christ tonight, dear friend, and give us a call if you have any questions about that at 929-333-3739. Micah, you hit such an important part point from Hebrews chapter 3 where it talks about an evil heart of Mm. unbelief. A lot of people think, well, I'm not that bad. But, Mm. dear friend, if you don't believe, the Bible says you have an evil heart Mm. because you're not trusting what God has said. You're calling God a liar. That's a pretty serious accusation Mm. to make against God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, dear friend. You know, I was thinking, too, you come from a a Hindu background. What keeps many people from Christ? Cultural pressure. Because for many people, religion is really just part of their culture. It's something that you say, I hold to this, like Hinduism or Islam or even Roman Catholicism. A lot of people just hold to a religious culture without really having any heart-changing faith. So, dear friends, don't let the pressure of culture, of tradition, of family, don't let the love of sin or your own pride keep you from Jesus Christ. Sure. And Pastor, you know, just want to just talk a little bit about what Micah said and what you said uh, about Hinduism and things like that. I came from a Hindu family and coming from a Hindu family, you know, you have this list of things that you had to do in order for you to get to heaven. Even as my cousin, I know I'm, I'm listening to my cousin, his wife passed away, my brother's wife passed away, they are still Hindus mm-hmm. and they have to do all these rituals month after month on a specific day, a Mm. specific time Mm -hmm. in order for that soul to get salvation. But we know, we know that Christ is our salvation. There's no works. And let's come back again to what Pastor was talking about. Zero works is all that we need Mm. to get into heaven. It's by God's grace upon us. Zero of our works. Zero of our works. The one work. work. Yes, Yes. right. That's right. Absolutely. And let me just read one verse. Then we'll go to the next point. And James, we have a caller who's going to ask a question as well. So, James, stay right there. We look forward to your question. But I just want to read, you you read in Hebrews, I Mm -hmm. want to just read chapter 4, verse 3. I love this verse, too, where it says, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were uh, were finished from the foundation of the world. So enter into his rest of salvation, dear friend, through faith in Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. He rose again, and he says, come. So let's talk about a little bit of our worship rest. And we can talk as well about the Sabbath day versus Sunday worship. But first, before we get into that, and James, we're going to get to your question in a moment. But first, Michael, let's first, in talking about the Sabbath, when was the Sabbath first observed? 
Yeah, Pastor Will, the Sabbath was established right here on day seven of creation. And we, when we read this number seven here for the first time in the Bible, we might automatically assume that this day must be special. As we discussed over and over when we studied the book of Revelation, seven is the number of God and the number of completion. So it's an important number starting in this chapter and continuing through the rest of the Bible. Now, as far as keeping the Sabbath day, which goes from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, we do have biblical evidence that even before God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath was kept. So in Exodus chapter 16, which was a few chapters prior to the giving of the law, God instructed the people not to gather manna on the Sabbath. Instead, they were to gather all the food that they needed for two days on that Friday. So Exodus 16, 22 and 23, I'll read part of it. It says, And it came to pass on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread. This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. So this indicates to us that when God told Israel to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy in the Ten Commandments, he was setting in stone a principle that they already had. It had already been passed down from generations. Yeah, and it was very important, uh, and still is, for the Jewish people Mm -hmm. to keep the Sabbath day. And not only to keep the Sabbath, but every seven years they were to give the land a Sabbath Mm -hmm. of rest every seventh year. Mm -hmm. And when Israel went into captivity, they went into captivity for 70 years, which was the amount of time they had been in the land that they had not let the land rest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the principle there is God is going to get what is his Mm -hmm. in the end. Mm -hmm. So give it to him, (laughs) you know, whether it's his offerings or whether it's his time. And if and if we don't give to God, if you will, our worship and and if we don't get rest, it's going to catch up to us eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have to be wise with that. So now. So, yes, the Sabbath was important, even from creation. So why don't we as Christians keep the Sabbath? Why is Sunday our day of worship? And what are some of the key reasons why we no longer keep the Sabbath day? And is, is that James's question as well? Uh, yeah, let's Let's, let's go here. to James uh, here, because James, we're we going to talk about this very thing. So if we could go to you. Hi, James. You're live with us on the radio program. Yes, sir. My question is, what is the difference between the Lord's Day and the Sabbath day? Yeah, well, a great question, and we we want to talk about that, uh, James, as well. That, of course, the Sabbath day is rooted really in the Mosaic Law, and it was there were various laws as well related to the Sabbath that mm-hmm. they couldn't kindle a fire, mm-hmm. for example. They couldn't they couldn't buy or sell, mm-hmm. and there was a there's a whole list of things that are. Uh, called to be work that mm-hmm. they cannot do and if they yeah. do that i mean jesus was accused yeah. of breaking the sabbath day mm-hmm. jesus didn't break it but he was accused by their tradition of breaking it so that was rooted in the mosaic law and we're going to talk about this james why don't we there are actually multiple reasons why we don't keep the Old Testament Sabbath, but that we worship on Sunday. So, uh, uh, Liz, why don't you share with James one of the reasons why you believe we worship on Sunday? For me, Sunday is a day of refreshment, spiritual refreshment. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to read a verse. It's Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. So, 
right in this verse here, we looked at the early church church worship on Sunday. Jesus arose on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then he appeared to the disciples together on the first two Sundays after he resurrected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And many, especially Seventh-day Adventists, they accuse Christians such as us who mm-hmm. worship on Sunday mm-hmm. of changing the Sabbath day, which we haven't done because we don't call Sunday the Sabbath day, at least I don't, and we're going to talk about that as well, James. We're not under the Mosaic Law, but Sunday is our day of worship. Many call it the Lord's Day, but the, the fact is the Catholic Church didn't change that day. Mm. It wasn't changed by the Catholic Church. It was changed by Jesus Christ, mm. by rising again on mm-hmm. Sunday, James. So he rose again on Sunday, and then we see two clear examples in the New Testament. Acts chapter 20, verse 7, where it says the disciples came together the first day of the week to break bread. Acts chapter 20, verse 7, the first day of the week is Sunday. So that's when they had the Lord's Supper, breaking of bread. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul, writing to the church in verses 1 and 2, says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. That is, put your offering. Give your offering on the first day of the week. So these two important aspects of worship done on the first day of the week show that the early church worshipped on Sunday. Okay, James? Did so, you know, so, so, so you so you nullifying um, the Sabbath day, the, the, the Ten Commandments Sabbath day then? Absolutely. Absolutely, and I'm gonna and and we're gonna talk about another reason right here. Ashok, why don't you share another reason why we're no longer under the Sabbath command? Absolutely, Pastor. And what I, what I would like to say is that you know when you believe and you trust in Jesus, we are now dead to that law, to that tradition that was laid down. So we are now delivered from the Old Testament Mosaic law, mm-hmm. you know, and Christ fulfill that perfectly mm-hmm. right we are delivered from the jewish Amen. priesthood mm-hmm. sacrifices feast days mm-hmm. and the sabbath day as well that's why we choose that sunday the first day mm-hmm. because as pastor said you know sundays is when so many things happen right we have the jesus uh risen from the dead on a sunday plus he appeared to his Disciples on two the following ups. Sunday. That's mm-hmm. all yeah. following Sunday. So it's a lot of. If you look at it, there are specific reasons why we as Christians need to follow what Christ has laid out for us. So we are living under grace right now, mm-hmm. and you know of the higher law of the Spirit that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let me quote this verse in uh, James in Romans chapter seven, verse four. It says, "Wherefore, my brethren." ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ that you should be married to another so here's the thing when Jesus died on the cross was he under the Sabbath command any longer after he died no when you're dead you're not under the law Hmm, then he raised from the dead and now he's in heaven now when we believe in Christ we are dead with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. I am now dead. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying here. I've become dead to the law mm-hmm. by the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So when Christ rose again, he had kept the law perfectly, fulfilled it, mm-hmm. finished it, if you will, and now he's raised, and we're in him, 
And that's why he says also in Romans chapter 7, but now you are delivered from the law. That being dead wherein you are held. So we are dead to the law, Romans 7, 4. We're delivered from the law. And people might say, well, this is what people do with the, the Mosaic law. They say, well, there's different parts of the Mosaic law. We're not, un- oh, yes, we're delivered from the ceremonial aspect mm-hmm. and the civil aspects of mm-hmm. the law, the ceremonial being the priesthood mm-hmm. and the, the, the sacrifices, but we're still under the moral commandments. Mm. But the law cannot be divided that way. And in fact, when Paul says we're dead to the law and delivered from the law, in Romans chapter 7, verse 7, he says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? No, God forbid. Mm-hmm. I had not known sin but by the law, for had I not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. So when he's talking about being dead to the law, mm-hmm. delivered from the law, what part of the law does he does he just quote there? Not from the ceremonial or the civil aspects, the mm-hmm. but the, law, one right. of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, exactly, James. As New Testament Christians, we're not under any part of the Mosaic law. We're delivered from it. But that doesn't mean we don't keep a law. So, mm-hmm. Michael, did you yeah, have something just to Just going along right along with what you said, Pastor, um, in Galatians three twenty three through 25, it um, explains further. It says, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. So yeah. the scripture wow. is telling us that the Mosaic law was a schoolmaster which pointed us to Christ. The schoolmaster laid out all the rules, and man then realized that it is impossible to live up to the necessary perfection. Our only hope is to let Christ Jesus take the sin for us. So once we do that, we have permanent rest in him the Lord of the Sabbath. And, you know, if there's any questions about this, listen to Colossians 2, 16 and 17. I'll read these real quick. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of any holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Absolutely. And let me just share uh, two other scriptures about this because many people say, well, so Jesus came... uh, to fulfill the law, but not to abolish the law. Mm. That's true. You know what? In some sense, he, he his coming and fulfilling the law established the true purpose of the law, which is to be our schoolmaster. The law convicts us of our sin mm-hmm. and brings us to Christ. But once we come to Christ, we're no longer under that law. The law has done its job. So the coming of Christ in him fulfilling the law has established the ultimate purpose why I believe God gave it because it was never meant to be permanent mm. it was never meant to be permanent according to Galatians so let me read this verse Romans chapter 3 do we then make law void the law through faith in other words does our faith in Jesus Christ make the law of no purpose or empty and Paul says God forbid yea we establish the law so the coming of Christ established the law as our schoolmaster but we don't keep the law once we're saved we're 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 delivered and we're dead to the law. And Paul, last thing, Paul gives an amazing analogy and he compares Hagar to the law, right? Mm-hmm. And he says that once Hagar bore uh, Ishmael and Ishmael persecuted Isaac, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, mm. for she shall not be um, she shall not be heir. He shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. 
So that so he says, cast out the bondwoman. Who's the bondwoman in this analogy? The law. The law. Mm-hmm. Cast out the law. I mean, yeah. uh, that is like so dogmatic. Mm-hmm. James, are you with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. So but the only thing, the, only, the only problem I have with that is the, the, if you rem- at, at the commandment it says remember. I think that word remember is very is very is, is important there though. But all right, but go ahead. Are you a Seventh Day Adventist, James? No, 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 I'm Presbyterian. Oh, oh, you're Presbyterian. Yeah. Well, you know, this is an important discussion, actually. The, the question is, really, is what is the New Testament believer's responsibility to the Mosaic Law? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because the law is good and the law is holy. And the the character of God, the holy nature and character of God is rooted in the law. And many of these commands, actually nine out of the ten commandments, are repeated in the New Testament. But there's the sp- we keep the spirit of the command. Mm. In other words, like we learned in our scripture memory today, we're not just supposed to not kill somebody. Mm-hmm. The spirit is that we don't hate at we someone, hate you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the fact is too, James. And here's I, I'm going to show you the verse that Adventists use to get people. This is where they hook people. And they they trick them to thinking we're gonna we have to keep the the Sabbath command. It's in Exodus chapter thirty one, verse fifteen, where he says six days may work be done. Exodus thirty one fifteen, six days may work be bun, done. But in the seventh the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. To observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. So Adventists can easily twist that and say, you see that? We're to keep the Sabbath for a perpetual covenant. We're never to stop keeping the Sabbath. But the perpetual covenant clearly relates to that dispensation of time and the same kind of language is used relating to in, in in other places of not just keeping the Sabbath, but to and I'm gonna now I'm gonna skip up to Second Chronicles. If you look at Second Chronicles, chapter two, and here it's where Solomon has determined to build a house for the Lord. And Second Chronicles, chapter two, verse four, Solomon says, "Behold, I build a house." to the name of the Lord my God to dedicate it to him and to burn before him sweet incense and for the continual showbread and for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbaths and on the new moons and on the solemn feasts of the Lord our God this is an ordinance forever and it's the same word forever perpetual it's olam this is an ordinance forever to Israel And so if you want to say that the Sabbaths are forever, then you have to say that the burnt offerings, morning and evening, and therefore the priesthood, Mm -hmm. and all the feast days are also forever. Mm -hmm. But And that's why we cannot divide the law into the moral, into the ceremonial, and the civil. The law is always one. And and if there's a change of that Sabbath day, it means there's a change of the law. And Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, argues the same thing. If there's mm-hmm. a change of the priesthood, mm-hmm. that means there's a change of the law. Because if you change the priesthood of the law, yeah. you're not under the law anymore. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's about it, uh, James. 
Uh, thank you for your call. Thank did you, you want to? Did you want to add anything else? Was that helpful to you? Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. Okay, thank you, my brother. God bless you, and have a blessed day. If anyone has any other further questions, give us a call at nine two nine three 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 seven. Three nine, and we want to we want to talk now, and we're going to shift gears a little bit. We want to talk about the importance of our worship rest and why we need to fellowship with God in in the in the Church of Jesus Christ. But first, we're going to go to a song, mm-hmm. and so we want our listeners to enjoy this song, but also give us a call at nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. And you guys have been in our church for a long time. Why is it important, before we go to the song, we'll talk more about it on the other side. Why is it important that we go to church? Liz, why do you love to go to church? If someone were to ask me what is the most exciting day of the week for mm-hmm. me, I would mm-hmm. say Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's wow. A, it's the day when I come to church. Yeah. I don't have to answer to my boss. I don't have to work a schedule where I have to get something done on time. I mm-hmm. sit there and I listen to pastor. For example, <laughs> today, Pastor Sermon was on finding happiness in a broken world. Mm. And he talked about a well-ordered life. How do we prioritize our week? Yeah. What do we do? What comes first in our lives? Yeah. And it, it was a gentle reminder where yeah. my priorities lie. Amen. Amen. For me, Pastor, everybody is saying, Oshik, you are so hyper today. <laughs> Why are you so hyper today? I said, because this is one of the few days, few Sundays in the year that I'm able to be in church for the maximum amount of hours because yeah. I do work on you, weekends, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So after church, I run off to work. Amen. But the yeah. thing about A lot of people wouldn't even come to church, though. Absolutely. In, in your situation. And in, in my case, on a Sunday morning, just for the radio listeners to know that everything comes with a sacrifice. On a Sunday morning, I and Elizabeth get off the bed between 6.30 and 7. Yeah. By 9 o'clock in the morning, we are in church in the city. Yeah. yeah. Right? You beat we, me there. We, we help set up <laughs> our welcome table. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, of course, I am there at the front table assisting with whatever ways need to get done. But it is a sacrifice. And you know what? After church is finished, I rush home. I Sometimes I don't even have time to sit and have a, a meal, lunch with Elizabeth. Sometimes I do, depending on how the day goes. But the thing about it, now I go to work and I don't finish work until midnight. Yeah. So it's a long day. There's a sacrifice. You know, yeah. Jesus made this ultimate sacrifice for us. Yeah. We can sacrifice that couple hours for him. And dear friends, we're going to go to the song. If you want information about our church, because we really want to have you visit with us, you can't have church in your bedroom. There's no bedroom Baptist church here. Okay? Come <laughs> to the house of God and worship with God's people and visit with us on Sunday morning. 10 a.m. is our Bible study. Come at 9 o'clock. Help Liz and Ashok set up the welcome table with them even. <laughs> or come at 10 a.m. for our Bible study hour. Micah teaches the teenagers. We have children's classes. We have a great time. At 10 o'clock, oh, we have an amazing adult men's Bible oh, study, absolutely man. That's a fiery that. time, I think. <laughs> and then the, my wife teaches the ladies. The mm-hmm. ladies have, so it's at 490 Hudson Street every Sunday morning, 490 Hudson Street, and that's public school three, not promoted at all by the school, but that's where I meet. Okay, let me go to this song real quick. You're going to love this about the path of life and how we need to have come to the Lord. We need to come into His presence and let Him speak to our heart. That's why we go to church.
Yes, dear friends, the Lord wants to direct you. He wants to show you His pathways. One of the ways to do that, not the only way, but important way, is for you to go into the house of the Lord and sit in His presence and let God speak to your heart. Because when you go into the presence of God, as Liz just well said, we are refreshed. And Ashok, what's another reason when we go into the public worship, into the church, worshiping God, what's a benefit of that? Rejoicing and Amen. celebration. Oh, Amen. my word, Pastor. Believe it that today is a day of rejoicing and celebration for me. Because you know why? You know, let's look at Psalm 122. One. I'll just read it. That, Psalm, that verse very quickly. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us worship. Let us praise His name. Let us glorify Amen. Him. That's what I need to do. That's mm. why my rest is coming to church on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. I love that. There's mm -hmm. no better rest than resting in Jesus. Amen. And the early church met every day, and they continued with one accord. And it says they ate their bread with gladness, singleness of heart, rejoice. We, we have a rejoicing time, too. You mm -hmm. know, it's rejoicing when you're around people that you love. Mm -hmm. You see them, like you said, we see sometimes we just see people once a week. And yeah. so we're back together. We celebrate. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. We celebrate with our people. We rejoice praising and singing to the Lord. What's another reason, Micah? Yeah, well, let me just say happy birthday, Joni, out there. If you're listening, it is your birthday today, and we want to wish you a happy oh. birthday. Um, but another reason, Pastor, is that church refocuses us. That that um, that refocusing yeah. is highlighted here in Psalm 73, verses 13 through 17, and I'll read those verses. Verily, mm -hmm. I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency, for all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God and then understood I their end. So the psalmist here is describing the transformation of his perspective through the process of coming into God's sanctuary. So yeah. prior to coming in, he was looking around at the world and it was painful for him to see the wicked people prospering and he couldn't even bear it. But once he came into the house of God, his perspective shifted. He understood that the scales of justice would eventually be applied to each and every person. And, you know, from my own experience, there are many times where I felt one way walking into church on a Sunday morning. And by the time I walked out, I felt totally different. So whether I was facing some difficulty or conflict, whatever it was, there was an off, often a transformation in my own perspective where I would leave church feeling much more at peace. Absolutely. Going into the house of God. I love that verse where it says when he went into the sanctuary, it's like he had the aha mo mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. You know, and and dear friend. We need to be in the house of God. And because Jesus himself said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we're not wiser than God. A lot of people think, well, I don't need church. Well, Jesus said, I've come to build the church and we need it. We need what he has is built, you know, just like we need to build up our families. Families is institution. We need to have solid structure of government. Government is his institution. And the church is his institution, dear friend. So be faithful in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. So lastly, we want to talk about our heavenly rest. So we talked about our salvation rest, our worship rest, our heavenly rest. So, Michael, why don't you read the mm -hmm. verses in Revelation 14? And sure. then, Liz, why don't you share from this 
how the seventh day of rest of creation reminds us of heaven in Jesus, okay? Okay, so Revelation chapter 14, verses 11 through 13. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark in his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Amen. Liz, so what does that tell us about heavenly rest versus not having that rest? So the seventh day is a type of heaven when a believer, we lay aside our work clothes, we brush off our anxieties, mm-hmm. our cares, we leave Amen. everything behind us and we go to the house of the Lord. We, it's a, the Sunday is the first resurrection morning when the disciples saw the Lord. Mm-hmm. So we are glad because we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Mm-hmm. In heaven, we will see the face of Jesus and rejoice evermore as if we, the believers, sit under the word to hear his voice and to see the good shepherd and he, as he leads us and he feeds us. And we should all rejoice every Sunday as we go to church. And I want to say special love to our families listening. Amen. All the way in Trinidad. You know, some people just go to church when they're hatched, matched, and dispatched. But dear friend, <laughs> don't go to church when you're little. Just get a little water sprinkled on you. And then when you get married, you get a little rice thrown at you. I guess they do rose petals now. And then when you're dead, they throw the, the dirt on you. Dear friend, go to the house of God to worship, celebrate, rejoice rejuvenate your body refresh refocus glorify god by going in to the house of god visit with us at heritage baptist church go to our website at hbcnyc.org you'll find out all of our information you can even join us on loom on zoom you can get the links there or come visit with us wednesday night sunday morning again on sunday morning we meet at ps3 490 hudson street good night thank you shook liz micah god bless you all Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.